Welcome to the Perfect Gentleman Podcast. This is episode 70. I am Zach Falconer Barfield, 1PG, and alongside me, as always, is the charming, uh, the gorgeous, the delightful Mr. James Marwood. How are you, sir? I'm very well. Thank you, Zach. Yeah, it's good to be back. I'm liking back on our, our podcast run. It's nice to be back. I look forward to this, actually. It's good just to have a break from work and home life and just chat about stuff. Which we're very good at doing. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. I think one of our fans said, they like our rambling conversations and diatribes and then nuggets of good advice. That's good. I'm very much a fan. I think I've mentioned it before. The BBC Five Live film review podcast. Yes. With Mark Kermode and Simon Mill. And I'm not really that interested in films, the way they talk about them. I just like listening to them bicker. <laughs> yes, that's always good. But we don't bicker that much. We don't bicker. We tend to be in agreement on most things, but we do ramble. We do ramble. 20 minutes of rambling. <laughs> well, it's good for us all. Exactly. We'll start today's podcast with some gentlemanly news and then sort of, I think we've got a theme of style around today's podcast. Spring style and sportswear style. The first thing that caught my eye recently is that Swatch has done a collaboration with Hackett. Not two brands you'd normally expect to go together. Well, no, this is my thought process. I mean, I like the watches. I like, I, I'm a big fan of Swatches. I have a lot. Um, I like collecting them. I like the colours. It's my weird colour matching thing that Swatch watches are always good for that. And the Hackett watches are very lovely, but it is a weird combination. I'm not sure Swatch's target demographic and Hackett's target demographic, are they the same? I mean, I don't think I really know who Swatch's target demographic is anymore. Swatches to me were a, an 80s, 90s thing, so I've not really paid any attention to them. But saying that, looking at the stuff they've got, I mean, there's four watches in their collection. Mm. They're pretty reasonably priced for what are almost certainly good quality watches. You know, they're all around... 120 to 160 pounds and they've got some really really nice designs i really like them i like the cheapest one actually is this one they've got called thames yes i like that one it has like a two-tone strap i can't really see what material the strap's made out of but it's reminiscent of that sort of ivy cloth style striped strap that i really like but it's a really nice sort of two-tone blue with a with it with sort of a gray watch face with a little sort of pattern to it a really nice stylish watch and i think the others are as well i'm tempted by the thames watch myself thames hackett watch myself i think i might purchase one in the near future no i just think it's an interesting combination because i mean swatch is quite young it's vibrant it's it's colorful it's they do have some what i call serious watches it's more young trendy stylish kind of thing Hackett's a little bit more a little bit more safe. It's an interesting combination. You know, Hackett, to me, it has those two sort of lines down the middle of Hackett. You've got their traditional, stylishly executed menswear. So their tailoring, their knitwear, their shirts, and it's got it's got a very London vibe to it, which I really like. It's those sleek, well-cut suits. It's, you know, shirts with limited detailing, but very well executed. And it's not crazy expensive, which I really like about Hackett. I mean, you know, you're going to get good quality there. And it's not it's not cheap. It's not beyond the reach of, of, of most of us. And then they also have their sort of casual wear, which they had their Aston Martin themed stuff. And they have that, that sort of slightly rumpled Sunday afternoon in the pub after playing rugby kind of wear that I really like. But I tend not to wear very much of just because it doesn't really fit me, my style. But I've seen some really nice pieces there. I think it's probably quite a good thing. I mean, I'm looking even more at these. There's a German watch they do. German as in German street, not as in 
as in the country of. It's lovely. It's, it's got a sort of grey strap with a pink face, and it's very sort of the face has an almost a butcher stripe, two tone pink. I've got a shirt in exactly that pattern, and I've got a suit in exactly that shade of grey. So that would be perfect for that outfit. And a couple of nice little details, like the bowler hat detailing on the date display. They're just really nice. And they're Omega, so it's Omega innards. Ah. So they're always very good quality. And so what has caught your eye, James, over the last few weeks? Prince Harry and Meghan have had their baby. Yes, a little baby boy. The Duchess came, uh, my Duchess, not his, uh, came running in excitedly to tell me um, as I was getting, as I was playing for the podcast. So it's just, it's just quite nice news. As I jokingly refer to it, it's the future uh, president of the United States. Well, that's an entirely possible thing. Probably not a bad thing, actually. <laughs> Why not? He would be an American citizen. Indeed, yes. And therefore be able to run for office. Indeed. And he'd have the backing of the royal family here. So, I, you know, it might be an interesting uh, an interesting combination there. A few of my American friends who like to make jokes about throwing tea in the harbour in red coats that would probably find that incredibly galling. So uh, that's all which happens. Maybe one day we'll have America back as a colony. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure that would work. We shall see. <laughs> So something else that's caught my eye, uh, James, is that this article is Telegraph. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was quite amusing. Sometimes I think that uh, writers have to invent stuff. There was an article saying, Indiana Jones takes over your wardrobe, the rise in adventure styling. And I'm like going, yeah, I think it's always been there, hasn't it? It's interesting because if you look at, you know, most, most menswear comes from sportswear generally. So even down to the way suits are cut, Really comes from comes from sportswear, riding, military. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Or or it comes from military, or it comes. Twentieth century innovation was workwear, so the use of jeans, effectively, and things like that, uh, flannel shirts, overshirts, that sort of stuff. And really, what they're talking about here is just that. Again, they're talking a lot about Bellstaff. Yeah. If you don't know, the Bellstaff are an old English brand who make very high end coats, really. So James Bond, in some of the more recent films, has worn Bellstaff coats. They do sort of Steve McQueen-themed things. And it's the sort of stuff that looks like traditional adventure wear, I guess, would be the way you could describe it. But you're paying up to the price of a nice used car uh, for some of them. Not always. They're not cheap items, let's put it out. They're not. But, I mean, they are fantastically well-made and some of them really attractive. If you're looking at sort of menswear as that that sort of off-duty menswear so we're not in the office or we're on a casual dress down that sort of adventure wear with you know the sorts of tones that you've got sort of browns grays khaki type colors it looks good indiana jones was a stylish guy yeah it's just it's, i was the rise of it i'm just thinking it's it's been around for a while i was i remember wearing those kind of jackets in the 80s it's not something that hasn't is not been around i just like the way i mean i know it's a fluff piece for for the couple of the brands but it's just i just felt like it was like okay yes we've been dressing like this for a while i think it's probably more to do with the color palette than anything else yes you know we are seeing much more browns khakis those sorts of colors and you've seen that for quite a while in the sort of tactical pseudo-military stuff. Yes. That a lot of guys, especially younger guys, like to wear. And that's been heavily influenced by you know, the last 15 years of sort of military design. And actually interesting, I mean, recently the American army announced that their, I think it's at their number two uniform, their number one uniform, the sort of equivalent to office wear. They're going back to a brown and... Uh, that brownie pink 
colour palette that they use in World War II. Yeah, it's it's I mean, it's a fantastic. Oh, yeah, I like that colour palette. Well. It's, it's great. It's really good. That sort of brownie with a slight pink tinge or red, pink reddish tinge for the trousers, and then the sort of brown khaki jacket. I think the plan is not to have it for everyone, but to have it for the very public units like bands and recruiters and those sorts of things. And Brown's got a really bad rap during the 90s and 2000s. It's one of brown and khaki sort of colours that I go to quite often because they're very warming and they work for my colouring, but they work for a lot of people. And I think that's probably where you put the traditional, that sort of heritage casual style clothing and you change it from being black and grey into being khaki or brown. And now all of a sudden it's adventure wear. Yes. If it gets people making stuff that we like, and you know, looking at this article in the in the Telegraph, the the jacket, the Bellstaff uh, promoting here, which is the Levison Fieldmaster, it looks like a standard, you know, four patch pocket field coat. Yeah. You know, it's, it's well executed. It looks great. But if we start to see more stuff like that and at a slightly more affordable price, then. Great. Yeah, I think so. Continuing our style conversation, there's a few articles recently I've read and seen about spring style. One of them that amuses me, and I'm not sure whether I have the legs for it, it's saying that short shorts are back. Yes. Uh, who likes short shorts? Uh, yeah. Exactly. Not on men. Like you, Zach, I don't have the legs for it. Some guys do, and if they do, more power to them. So give people an idea. If you if you Google images of John McEnroe in the late 70s and early 80s, or Tom Selleck in Magnum P.I., he was a great fan of the short short in Magnum P.I. They're the shortness of the shorts we're talking about. I mean, they are really short. It's like a mini skirt for boys. I remember, and hopefully we won't see things like that again, but that sort of high cut, so cut higher up towards the outside of your hip to show even more leg. I'm not a fan of that. I think, you know, it's probably, do I prefer those to baggy cargo shorts? I'm not sure. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, there's no reason not to wear shorts that are above the knee, especially if you've got the legs for it. You know, we don't want people going around, hopefully, and stuff like those 80s baggy high shorts with your bits popping out every time you sat down. The discretion of those of those shorts are somewhat limiting. <laughs> shorts they, they sort of span the, the gap between what you wear in the in the gym or to play sports or what you wear to the beach or the or the pool or what you wear just casually around because it's it's hot. And I think those are different jobs. If you're wearing really short shorts because you're playing sport fine i've got friends who who wrestle and they wrestle in in trunks like speedos basically and guys who swim in speedos fine well that's for a sport but if we're having a barbecue on a sunday afternoon and it's a nice warm day those aren't really the shorts i think for that you know that's where you want something with a little bit more style so they're a little bit less revealing yeah sportswear is for sport in my view you know wear it in the gym wear it to and from the gym fine but don't where elsewhere and that's where these shorts come in i think there's a photo in one of the articles we sort of went through of the actor jeff goldblum wearing some for for i think it's prada jeff goldblum is a snappy and slightly eccentric dresser and he can kind of almost pull it off but um short shorts died in the 80s for a reason and it's one of those fashions that i'm not sure should have been brought back he's also in this picture it's on prada's instagram he's wearing what looked like a reasonable pair of loafers but they look like horribly corrected leather which prada's better than that should be better than that with socks and short shorts with a belted sort of safari style waistband it's very odd 
it's not my cup of tea. If he's happy with it, great. He looks like he's having fun in the photo. I'm sure there will be guys who can carry it off, but not many of them. One of the other things I have noticed in one of the articles we saw, it's, it's true, which I am quite glad about, is pastel shades are coming back for men. I love pastels. They're great. That of the 80s trends coming back is a very good thing. It was one of the high street stores, and I don't recall which one, but seemed to have some pastel things in for summer, which looked really good, sort of pastel blues and sort of really dusty pinks and that sort of thing. Really good colours for, for summer and very flattering to a lot of different people's colouring. If you've got really dark colouring, your dark skin, dark hair, they really make your skin pop. And if you've got, like me, light skin, lighter hair, then it can really accentuate your eyes and things like that. There's some great options there. Stay clear of the short shorts and swing into the pastels. Definitely. Talking of style, I have a question for you, James, and it's a debate. Okay. You're a sort of avid sportsman in the sense of, you know, you, you go to the gym, you do regular workouts, you fight, you have the martial arts background. I, I'm a somewhat reluctant gym goer, but I do go. But one thing that kind of I'm constantly perplexed about is why are men's gym clothes so awful? They are, aren't they? Women get a plethora of gym clothes, and men seem to sort of get stuck in this, it's got to be grey, it's got to be black, and it's got to be ugly. <laughs> the practicality bits of it, but it just seems so eh. You've got aspects of sportswear that the trend towards fashion, and I'm thinking there about sort of the Italian-influenced sort of tracksuits and leisure wear, and you could take that almost as far as the sort of stuff Tony Soprano would wear you know, with a sort of a, a burgundy-coloured velour tracksuit <laughs> that looked good on him. If I think about the things I see guys wearing in the gyms I go to, it's normally ratty T-shirts, tracksuit bottoms or shorts, almost always in grey, normally not very well-fitting, but quite often with really heavily designed and expensive trainers, which always seems a bit weird. You know, you're going to wear such a an awful tracksuit with trainers that you've clearly spent a lot of time and thought on. I have brands that I... I like. I'm a big fan of Scramble. Okay, I don't know this one. They're a bit odd. Their designs are somewhat reminiscent of sort of super dry, if you like, in that they use a lot of Japanese iconography and they use some quite bold colours. But a lot of their stuff is grey, but they also do tend to have big, big prints and big colours. The reason I really like Scramble is their stuff is very well made. If you're wearing it to roll around in, if you're on the mat with someone, it'll stand up to that. If you're lifting, it'll stand up to that. And I've got a pair of Scramble jogging bottoms that I've had for probably four or five years now and they're still my go-tos for no-gi warm-ups that sort of stuff but there are some other brands which are really good what do you wear to the gym sir I'll tell you a story I went to Lululemon okay Lululemon I don't know I'm trying to figure out how you pronounce it Lululemon Lululemon yeah anyway whichever way you pronounce it I went there and I just looked at all the stuff and at first of all it was all grey or muted colours and secondly it was all sort of very baggy on the short front and fitted on the t-shirt front i just thought i'm not gonna i'm not going to do yoga in that i don't feel comfortable in that what i end up wearing is i've found some trunks uh as i do yoga so i found some sort of swimming trunks which are sort of quite short almost like the short shorts shorts and i wear a sort of relatively baggy t-shirt because i'm sweating yeah so that's kind of what i wear to yoga and the gym i struggle i eventually found some colored sportswear i can't even remember what brand it was i think it's bright blue but it was the only colored sportswear i could find yeah i found a sort of neon sports top which was a, i think it's a cycling top 
or running top that I, I wear when I go out walking very early in the morning. It's very limited. So it feels like, you know, we kind of go, girls get all the colors, boys go to the gym, they just get gray. It's frustrating for me who likes color, as you well know, with the suits and the, the all my ties and my pocket squares are all bright and colorful. And you get to gym wear and it's like, nope, you can't wear colorful clothes, you must wear gray as a boy. I think there is a bit of that. And probably a lot of it is a lot of guys are probably quite conservative with their gym wear, especially for a lot of us. We don't really don't want to stand out at the gym. We don't want to be seen. We want to blend in. If you're working up by yourself, especially, I think that's probably the case. However, I think it's a shame. I mean, there are some brands that do things a bit differently to that. So there are four that I'm going to mention. They all have something in common. So there's Tracksmith, which is an American brand, sort of New England. And they've got that heritage stroke modern approach to it. It's really stylish, but they use a lot of things like merino fabric and merino layers. And they do some really nice stuff, but it's it's all around running. That's what they're interested in. Everything always has this slash across it and big branding. Yes, I look at it. It looks like old school running tops and vests. Then you've got Ifley Road. So theirs is the opposite. Ifley's is very, I don't know if bland is the right color. It's very discreet in terms of its branding. But they do some really nice, again, it's almost all running stuff. And I mean, I only run when chased, so it's not for me. And they've got some really nice colors. They've got sort of leggings for guys. Again, I wear leggings if I'm doing grappling. But I wear shorts over the top. But they do sort of running shorts, cycling shorts, leggings, that sort of thing. They are heavy on the greys and the blues. They've got a Pacific blue colour that they use quite a bit, which I really like, which is sort of like a bluey sea green colour, which is great. And they do some really nice things with sort of two horizontal coloured stripes across the chest. Have a look at those, because I think they might give some some things that you would like, Zach. And then there's another one, again, a running brand, because this seems to be the running and cycling seems to be where most of these come from. This is true. There's a brand called Soul. They're interesting because they use bonded seams. I don't know how robust those are. When I'm looking at T-shirts and things, I, I expect I'm going to have, you know, some 18 stone lunatic trying to choke me with it at some point during a, a grappling class. So I don't know how robust they are. However, you know, they look really sleek. It's a UK brand. They do a lot of sort of running vests and that sort of thing. But their shorts look like they'd be really good gym shorts. And they do some quite interesting patterns and colours. The name of the brand again? Saw. So S-O-A-R. And it's sawrunning.com is their website. A bit heavily branded, maybe. But depends what you're into. Well, nothing could be as heavily branded as Nike or Adidas. Or... <laughs> well, quite. Yes. So have a look at those guys. And then the other one, which is a brand I wish more people would consider, especially more clothing makers, which is Rafa. Yes, Rafa's lovely. Predominantly cycling, though. Yeah, but they just make such good stuff. I don't really cycle. I used to a lot when I was younger. I used to be quite an avid mountain biker. But I had bike stolen and I, I couldn't afford to replace it at the time. And it sort of, I sort of got out of it. But their stuff is really, really well designed. I mean, and cycling itself lends itself to that sort of technical fabric, heavily designed because it's your body position is very static. You're out in all sorts of weather. You've got a lot of friction with the pedaling action you've got. And people tend to be very interested in the technical aspects of it that you wouldn't necessarily get in other sports. But they just do, I think, really nice, really well-made clothing. And not all of it is cycling. They also do some stuff that would do that would do for casual wear. They're great colours. They do pinks and blues and oranges and bright yellows and things like that, as well as your traditional. They even do blazers and stuff like that, which are sort of designed to be worn when cycling, if you're commuting, that sort of thing. 
one of the chaps I used to work with, who used to cycle in, had some long sleeve t-shirts that were made by Rafa. He's quite a slim chap. He used to wear them under his shirts to commute in. And then he'd take that t-shirt off during the day in the office and then put it on for the cycle home. So it was sort of wicking away the sweat and giving him an extra bit of warmth when he was commuting. But they seemed to stand up to a hell of a lot of abuse. I do like those wicking t-shirts. Yeah, they're great. Again, they're another brand that used a lot of merino wool, which is just fantastic, magical material. It is. Unfortunately, sadly, you can't wear it. Of course, yes. There'll be other options there, though. I mean, maybe looking more towards the likes of Ifley Road or a saw, because they use more synthetic materials. I mean, Ifley Road now do gym-specific wear that they never used to do. Well, thank you very much for your guidance, sir, as usual. Always a satorially, satorially gifted, as always. Let us know, ladies and gentlemen, out there in podcast land. RPG followers and listeners. What spring styles do you like? What do you remember from the 80s? What sportswear brands would you recommend uh, that are a bit more bright and colourful than the normal greys and blues of the norm? Let us know. Contact us on social media. That's Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. Or drop us an email at inquiries at theperfectgentleman.tv. We've been a bit slack on uh, social media of late, but that's picking up again. And we are back uh, sorting out some technical issues on our website site and so on and forth but we will be back running up over the course of may may is our make it good month as we spring into may we will be making sure that all our little nooks and crannies are back up to speed on the perfect gentleman world there's a lot of really good material you know that we've written in the past and that we'll be putting together in the future do stay abreast well uh, james another wonderful chat with you as always sir and you, my friend, always a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to us. I'm Zach Faulkner-Barfield, 1PG, and alongside me is the delightful James Marwood. We will see you next time on The Perfect Gentleman Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by The Perfect Gentleman Group Limited and was edited by Andy Nichol at the Pistachio Palace.